Good. Pretending like I haven't seen you like I know. all today, basically all, all yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> uh, yesterday we did something very exciting. Oh yeah, we were on North and Normal podcast. Yeah, we uh, were graciously invited by the North of Normal boys, yeah, uh, Spencer and Hunter. Yes, thank you so much. And we went there, and we felt like famous celebrity experts. Yeah, <laughs> I walked in, and my head was. Couldn't yeah. fit out the door. They were way too kind they to us. They <laughs> were so lovely. Um, and yeah, we had a really fun time. We talked about the Heritage Minutes and a couple other fun Tangents Canadian things. about Canadiana. Uh, Hunter is a big comic book fan, so we talked about some, some comics some for comics a little bit. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a blast. It was a fun time, and we can't wait to have them on our show. Yeah, so you should go subscribe to North and Normal Podcast. Yes. The episode will be out within the month. So the I'm month. not sure exactly when it comes out, but we will definitely post on our Instagram and Facebook and Twitter when uh, it does come out. Yeah, and they also have Instagram and Facebook, and yeah. it's North and Normal Podcast. North and Normal Podcast. Yeah. Great, guys. So ready to dive into this week's episode? I am so ready. I'm excited. Yeah, I've already prefaced this a bunch of times where I was like <laughs> writing it, and I was like, man, this is... Boring. Yeah, Grace. <laughs> They're not all winners. Like sometimes you really got to get inventive with what the minute's gonna be yeah. about. Grace has Grace has warned me, which you know it it makes it a bit of a challenge for me, and I love a good challenge. Yeah, I just want to keep you on edge. I'm gonna constantly. make this the best episode yet. Best episode yet. You ready? Maybe. Yeah. So we're gonna do um the Casavant organs heritage minute. Oh, like the musical organs. Yeah, musical organs. That's always a treat. I find that's one thing for me, like, I've been in circumstances, like, several times, which sounds really weird, that someone has mentioned organs, and they were talking about musical organs, Oh, but yeah. I, like, heard the conversation as, like, real organs. My grandmother... It's gonna be gory. My grandmother, she had a friend whose husband collected organs. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. And <laughs> My brain immediately exactly. was like, he's stealing kidneys? <laughs> and passed in the away. Night? He passed away, and my grandmother was, like, talking about how her friend had to, had to, like, sell these organs. How do you collect organs? Right? They're big instruments. Right? And so, anyway, <laughs> so I was very confused, and then I then understood in the conversation that it's actual organs yeah yeah he was a organ player and he uh oh. yeah he had several organs in their large home interesting yeah I, I think it's a interesting heritage minute because a i don't think organs are necessarily something you associate with canada nope though to be fair it is one of the most renowned organ manufacturers in the world still yes and the way that they round out the Heritage Minute is by saying, like, Joseph Cassavant, one of Canada's first entrepreneurs. Yeah. And I was like, okay, is that why he's famous, though? I don't think he's famous because he's an entrepreneur. I no. think he's famous because he was such a skilled craftsman. Yeah. And then the extra strange layer to it is that while, yes, he was a master organ maker, it's really his sons that go on and make the Cassavant name. And, and, and they make it a found name. the yeah. company. Yeah. So... Yeah, the Heritage Minute is about Joseph Casavant. He's from Quebec. He 
kind of abandons his blacksmithing to go learn classics from a priest. And then that priest winds up teaching him how to make organs. And so then he makes organs. Did he play organs? I don't think so. I mean, he must have been able to enough to make it. Um, Right. To know like the notes and stuff. Yeah. And I guess to like test it. But I don't. It's not. He loves music, but he's not an organist. Right, he's, he's not an organ known maker for being a musician. Yeah, exactly. So, this episode I found like very like haunting as a kid. Like the organ really? music, like the organ music, yeah. and like they play and like I remember this one and it had this one was narrated by that lady's voice who they used for a couple, I believe. Yeah, at the very end, there's yeah. a little narration. And she I don't does remember that. if it's a woman or a man, but yeah. it probably is the woman I that think you're it's thinking the lady. of. Yeah. So this is a very classic one. I think, again, it's kind of obscure. Like, is it a deep-seated part of our national history? I don't know. But (laughs) But (laughs) we're going to go into all kinds of things because his biography is actually pretty short and straightforward. So we're going to go through, like, the history of organs and how they were made. And then we're going to talk about Joseph. And we're going to talk about his sons. And then we're going to talk about the company. We're going to talk about everything Casavant today. I'm excited. Alrighty. I'm ready. And why, I guess, at the end of the day, hopefully we'll walk away with, like, Casavan as one of Canada's top brands. Yeah. You know, we're going to have brand loyalty after this. Yeah. It'll be on par with Bombardier. (laughs) Yeah. The pipe organ is a musical instrument, not a part of your body. Yeah. That produces sound by driving pressurized air called wind through the organ pipes (laughs) selected from a keyboard. Called wind. Wind. (laughs) Earth, <laughs> water, fire, fire. <laughs> air. <laughs> Shout out to my Avatar The Last Airbender fans. <laughs> because each pipe produces a single pitch, the pipes are provided in sets called ranks, each of which has a common timber and volume throughout the keyboard compass. Okay. Most organs have many ranks of pipes of differing timber, pitch, and volume that the player can employ singly or in combination through the use of the controls called stops. So that is the basic mechanics of an organ. Love that. Love that. Uh, did I ever tell you the time? I, so I went to Paris and we like... Casual. Casual. Went to Paris and we like stumbled upon this church called Saint Eustache and they do pipe organ concerts I think every evening or at least every evening before mass and it's like so stereotypical of this huge pipe organ like the pipes went from like floor to ceiling probably like two and a half stories tall and the tiniest little man comes out to play (laughs) he looked like a little elf and he had red (laughs) socks and like in this suit and it was beautiful it's like Oh, I get it. Like, yeah. I, I get why this is so impactful. Yeah. Yeah. But this tiny little tiny man. Tiny little man. <laughs> he looks like a Kegler elf. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hope that tiny little man isn't listening. <laughs> That's Shout really cool. Shout out to St. Eustache Organist. Yeah. I think he was, like, the organist of the Royal Orchestra yeah. for Paris or France. That's so cool. Yeah. So given the immense size and complexity of a traditional pipe organ, you may assume like I did that they're a relatively modern instrument, but organs are actually one of the oldest instruments that are still used in European musical traditions. So it's like super old, goes back to like ancient Greece. Oh, that's wild. Right? And I was like, this, how do you get such like a big... That's so complex. I know. How do you go there before just going to a piano? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) 
So the word organ is derived from the ancient Greek word organo, which means a generic tool or instrument. So I think that says a lot, too. It's just like the most generic word for a musical instrument winds up being the word that we associate with pipe organ. Which is a super complex instrument. Super complex. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that also makes sense why organs in our body are called organs. Yeah, because it's like a very, it's like the fundamental tool of your body. Yeah. Cool. I think it's cool. I love word origins. I used to listen to a podcast called The History of the English Language. Oh. Super interesting. That sounds really cool. Yeah. It's a great podcast. Yeah. They don't need our support in any way. (laughs) It's like a very popular (laughs) podcast, but you know. Shout out. Shout out. (laughs) So the word then transferred to Latin as organum, which was an instrument similar to a portive organ, which is a small handheld version of an organ. Right. And that was used really popularly in ancient Roman circus games. So, like, you'd be at the circus. The circus. The circus. Under the tent. <laughs> with the elephants. With the elephants and the lions. And, and the, the bears. bears. Oh, my. <laughs> um, and they would have, like, these small handheld organs. Okay. It's kind of like a, um, oh, what is that called? Uh, the A harmonic? Uh, or not a harmonica. Uh, a, 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 accordion. Accordion. There we go. Yeah. Like kind of like an accordion. I had a friend who really wanted to learn accordion. Weird. I don't know why. Weird. Accordion is kind of like bagpipes. I was just I was just gonna say it's like kind of that melt. same. It's kind of that like same push genre. The yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the night. That's the song I always think of. So, in ancient Greece, you have the creation of like the first organ. Um, so the first organ is called a hydraulis, okay. which delivered a wind that was maintained through water pressure. Oh, so you actually weird. need like water to keep the water, air pressure up. Huh. I don't know exactly how it works. This is science. This is science. This yeah. is t- engineering. The yeah. height, the, th- the, the height of technology, which I also find very beautiful when yeah. there's like so much innovation and like technical work put into, into just making something that sounds pretty. Yeah. Like there's no other reason to make it. No. Other than like pure enjoyment. This will like sound that. really beautiful. This is going to sound great, guys. Grab the water. <laughs> Get my bucket. <laughs> so the oldest organ found is hydraulis from first century BC, and it's currently housed in a museum in Dion, Greece. Mm. The hydraulis remained popular throughout the Roman Empire, and by the second century AD, the pumps and water regulators of the hydraulis were replaced with an inflated leather bag. So very much like a pipe. Very much so. Yeah, same engineering. Some 400 pieces of a hydraulis from the year 228 have been revealed during the 1931 archaeological excavations from the former Roman town of Aquincum in the province of Pannonia, which is near modern-day Budapest. Which, like we were also saying, kind of the same concept as an accordion. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the point of an accordion is like, Two basically pianos, and then the noise comes through the bag. The, in the pushing, middle. yeah, yeah pushing up the bag. Yeah, and I think it says a lot that there's so much archaeological record of them. Yeah, because it says how popular they oh, are. Oh yeah, like if you're finding like this many from that time period, right? Probably means that they were everywhere, and there were way more than you're like recovering. Yeah. So true bellows didn't start appearing until the 6th or 7th century in the Eastern Roman Empire. In the 9th century, a Persian geographer wrote a lexicographical discussion of musical instruments and cited the organ as a common instrument in the Eastern Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. It was used by royalty in the imperial capital of Constantinople, and the account of a Syrian visitor noted that it was played at the emperor's Christmas dinner in the year 911. Wow. Christmas Day. Christmas Day. 
let's whip out the organ. The first Western European pipe organ uh, with great leaden pipes was sent from Constantinople to the West by the Byzantine Emperor Constantine V That's as a wild. gift. Transporting an organ now sounds I know, insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's true. How did you get it there? Yeah. They lead walked. pipes. <laughs> You've got to carry lead pipes they across the countryside. On their shoulders. Yeah. The whole way. No stops. <laughs> no stops. This is express. Yeah. <laughs> So it was given to King Pepin of the Franks in the year 757. Wow. So Pepin's son Charlemagne requested a similar organ for his chapel in the year 812, beginning the establishment of a Western European church tradition of organs. Okay. It's a very top-down history, though. Yeah. It seems like, like I mean, you got to be pretty rich to have this instrument. Yeah. Shows, shows, shows some clout. Some class. Clout. In medieval Europe, portable organs emerged as popular sacred and secular instruments with references to them in art and manuscripts. The pipe organ became deeply connected to the Christian faith, mm. which is another interesting part of this Heritage Minute, is that it is so Christian. I don't know if it would get made today. Well, that's the thing. And you were saying, like, not sure why this one was made. Yeah. And I think part of it probably has to do with the church. Like, I think that's think why so? it was made. At that time, like... The church is their hand in the Heritage Minutes? Well, like, in the early 90s, it wasn't controversial. That's fair. To talk about, like, the church. To talk about Christian values and just assume that that was something that was of interest to that's all Canadians. That's a, a decent national value. Yeah. Like, you can do whatever you want, but also Christian values are pretty good. They're pretty good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the 11th century, a monk named Theophilus wrote a Latin treatise, which translates to On Various Arts. Hmm. The treatise describes step-by-step how to construct a church organ, revealing the complex system of knobs and drones that operated the instrument and the air-filled hoses that were controlled by the player's feet that maintained the organ's air pressure. Organs became larger and by the 4th century were designed as permanent installations built Mm. into the churches themselves. One installed in Halberstadt, Germany, was built in 1361 and was the first to use a chromatic key layout on its three manuals. So that's like the keyboard on a piano. It's a chromatic key. Right. it had 20 bellows operated by 10 men, and the wind pressure was so high that the player had to use the full strength of his arms to hold down a key. Wow. How is that convenient? Like, like <laughs> I'm just the imagining. The music would have to be so simple. Yeah. It's like, hot cross buns. Uh, yeah. But it's the most majestic hot cross <laughs> buns you've ever heard. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that sounds like... Uh, like 10 dudes. Well, and also... You know, you're talking about, like, the guy who you saw play in Paris. Yeah. It's just a tiny little man. Just one guy. Like, imagine if it's one tiny little man trying to hold down that key. <laughs> he's got to stand on yeah, the keys. Yeah, he's got his feet on the keys. Stand with the opera. Mm. I know, I loved it. Love it. During the Renaissance and Baroque periods, organs continued to be innovated to provide a variety of timbers and tones and also were designed to be pieces of art themselves. Yeah. Organs featured well-balanced mechanical key actions, giving the organist precise control over the pipe speech. So I guess that's like volume. Yeah. Builders. Tone, probably. Yeah. I don't know quite the difference between timbre and tone. Mm. I think they're kind of like wedded. Your mom would ways. know. She absolutely would. Actually, this is probably the episode we should have brought her on for. Yeah. I was telling her that we were doing this one and I was like, it's kind of a weird one. And she's like, Casavon is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> 
Of course. Grace's mom, of course it's a heritage Grace's minute. Grace's mom is very musical. Very musical. She yeah. went to university for music yeah. until she got um, mono, and then she oh. couldn't sing anymore. Aww. Well, she can sing now, but, like, during yeah. that time, she was like, do I, like, hold off my degree? <laughs> like, wait. Or I think she's still got a minor in music, though. It's very cool. Shout out to Catherine. Shout out to Catherine. Or Grace's mom. mom. Yeah. So builders began constructing instruments that were themselves artistic masterpieces, displaying both mm-hmm. exquisite craftsmanship and beautiful sound. Pipe organs also began to take on national identities. For example, in the Netherlands, organs were large instruments with several divisions, double ranks, and mounted cornets, while in northern Germany, even more divisions were common and independent pedal divisions became the norm. Fancy, fancy, fancy. Again, what's that supposed to mean? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but I know that they have national identities. Cornets, that's like a trumpet, isn't it? Yeah, I, I imagine they got to be like, that. it has to be something else. It has to mean like, it means something else too. Maybe. Maybe. Unless they've got like trumpets at the top of the pipes, like blowing the air <laughs> through a trumpet. We cannot play the organ without two cornet players. This <laughs> would be... Be just so unpatriotic. (laughs) (laughs) To the Netherlands. To the Netherlands. In France, Italy, Spain, and Portugal, organs were still primarily used to accompany congregational singing in churches. So those are the Catholic countries, and so they get real churchy. Naturally. This demand produced what is known as the French classical organ. So I guess it's an organ more designed to be a piece of accompaniment, not an independent instrument. Right. In England, many pipe organs were destroyed or removed from churches during the English Reformation of the 16th century and the Commonwealth period. Some were relocated to private homes. At the Restoration, organ builders such as Renatus Harris and Father Bernard Smith brought new organ building ideas from continental Europe. Okay. During the Romantic period, the organ became more symphonic, capable of creating gradual crescendos. So now we want something with like... Feeling. Feeling. Again, but with feeling. Romance, yeah. (laughs) New technologies and the work of organ builders made it possible to build larger organs with more stops, more variation in sound timber, and even more divisions. We want more. Organs are not about reduction. No. They are not minimalist. They're about more. (laughs) We want more, 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 more. I'm starting to believe there really were trumpets on top. Potentially. (laughs) Freaking angels on top. Jesus himself. Jesus himself on top of the organ. But we need more. We want more. (laughs) The desire for louder, grander organs required that the stops be voiced on higher wind pressure than before. As a result, a greater force was required to overcome the wind pressure and depress the keys. So I guess pushing down the keys on an organ is like the primary issue you face when playing an organ. Which is interesting. Which is like the... The main hurdle. That's kind of what you have to do, though. You got to get down. (laughs) Got to get that key down. Got to get that pressure. (laughs) Under pressure. (laughs) Organ builders began to lean towards specifications with fewer mixtures and high-pitched stops. They began to create organs with a warmer, richer sound than was common in the 18th century. Okay. We want something warm. We want something cozy, comfy. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. The 19th century rung in the modern era of organ making and the tradition that produced Joseph Cassavant, the first renowned Canadian organ maker. 
Joseph. Wow. <laughs> We've got one. We're here. <laughs> We're not even a country yet. Not even a country yet. Yeah. Joseph was born in 1807, so a solid 60 years before Confederation, yep. in the town of St. Yesinth in Lower Canada. So it's okay. not even Quebec yet. But, yeah. you know, I always think it's weird. I know it's about the river. Like, I know that Upper Canada is Upper River, so mm-hmm. that's why it's up. But Ontario is south of Quebec, so yeah. it, it's always strange to me that it's true. Quebec is Lower Canada. That's yeah. just my beef, though. <laughs> that's just... that's. I'll keep it to myself. <laughs> yeah, that's for another day. Focus on the organs, Grace. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. So we don't know a lot about young Joseph, but we do know his first trade was as a blacksmith. Mm-hmm. So when he wasn't hammering away on the anvil, Joseph loved to take in music at the house of Jean de Salle, who was the seigneur of Saint Yacinthe. Okay. And Monsieur de Salle home featured the town's only piano and Joseph was infatuated with it. Yeah. He fell so in love with music that he decided to abandon the trade of blacksmithing altogether to study classics at the age of 27. Yeah. And this is a pretty bold decision. So blacksmithing was rarely practiced full time. So if you're a blacksmith, you probably do other things on the side as well, Mm -hmm. but it does guarantee employment and income during the early 19th century. Right. Joseph probably would have already poured in at least three years into apprenticeship to become a blacksmith, likely learning from his father. And so he left all that security behind with just $16 in his pocket to move to St. Therese to study under the parish priest Charles Joseph uh, Ducharme, who had recently opened a classical college. Huh. So I guess he was going there to study music, but also classics. To me, that's like you're, you're learning classical languages yeah. and stuff as well. Joseph lived in the village of St. Therese and studied out of the presbytery, which would have been the home of Father Ducharme. Okay. Joseph spent hours drawing sounds from an old piano and from a violin of his own contriving. Mm-hmm. So he's like drawing sounds. That's he sounds so cool. kind of like a, a savant almost. Yeah. <laughs> That's very cool. He demonstrated a high level of intelligence, both in music and craftsmanship. This natural intelligence led Ducharme to invite Joseph to become his pupil to study the construction of organs. Oh, wow. Ducharme lent Joseph the works of Don-Francois de Beauce-de-Celle, one of which was an enormous treatise called L'Art de Facteur d'Orgue. So how to make an organ. The Art of Making Organs, which was written from 1766 to 1778. So it took him 12 years to write this book. (laughs) There's a lot to know. (laughs) This monumental opus contains great historical details about 18th century organ building Mm -hmm. and is still referred to by modern organ builders today. Very cool. Joseph devoured the treaties. It was through this book that he received his first training into the manufacturing of instruments and began learning this new trade. Very cool. Soon, success came his way, for he managed to finish a partially built organ, which was in the presbytery, and he managed to finish it. The result was, by 1840, about six years after he left to study under Ducharme, he was able to undertake in his own workshop the building of an organ for the parish church of St. Martin. So he's making his way. He's like, I was a successful blacksmith. Now I'm a successful organ maker. Thank you very much. I'm just a successful young man. I'm doing it. (laughs) How old is he? uh, So he was 27 when he left. And it's been about six years. So I think he's 33. Okay, cool. Which is kind of old. 
yeah, that's what I was thinking. That time period, I, like, and I mean, today I think it would take a lot of courage at eighty-seven or uh, twenty-seven to be like, I'm abandoning my whole career and I'm totally realigning what I'm doing. Yeah, which you know is really not that old, but no, but for this time, yeah. In 1843, he put up another instrument for sale with 12 stops, and in 1844, the parish council of Saint-Jean in Laval County wanted to have its own Cassavant organ. It was probably at this period that he took on a partner, so Augustin Lavallee. Uh, when he was still very young, Augustin showed great talent for music and an aptitude for delicate workmanship. During the Rebellion of 1837, he was with his father at the Battle of St. Charles sur Richelieu. Shortly after his first child was born, towards the end of 1842, and he decided to leave his blacksmith shop to settle in Verchere near the better-equipped smithy to work at his trade. In his Good spare time, he became a fiddler and a violin maker. So he's very similar to Joseph. Like, yeah. he's a blacksmith, but also like loves music on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and set about putting together an orchestra. So he's like, I love to make fiddles and violins. I'm going to do a whole orchestra. I would also Let's love... Let's make a band, boys. Yeah, I would also <laughs> love if he was like, I'm going to make all the instruments. <laughs> From snare drums to cornets to organs to violins. We got it all. He's going to make an oboe. <laughs> an oboe. Bass oboe. Love it. Oboe players are weird. Weird. That was always a band like gimmick. If you played oboe, yeah. it was like... The girl who played oboe in my high school band named it Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay, that's kind of funny. Which was funny. That's pretty good. <laughs> Around 1848, Augustine moved with his family to St. Yesinth and worked with Joseph at his shop. So he now they have like a partnership. Very cool. And Augustine's son would go on to become a famous pianist, composer, and music teacher. So they're musical folks. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah. musical and like... They decided to form a little, a little partnership. A little, little thing. <laughs> Joseph's growing fame soon brought him an order for an organ at the Church of Bytown, which is now Ottawa. Mm-hmm. He went to this town to live there temporarily during its construction, and it was also there on the 19th of June in 1850. He married Marie-Olive uh, Sicard de Carful. Why do French people have to have so many names? So so many. many names. Well, it's like French, and then like in that era, it's just like they're just like everybody had a couple names, and like the I French know. just like take it a step further. It's like let's just give <laughs> yeah. her seven names. Every name that's ever been in our family tree will now be yours. <laughs> you carry that burden. You're welcome. When you introduce yourself, it's going to take about five minutes. Yep. Uh, They had two sons, so Clave on the 16th of September, 1855, and Samuel on the 5th of April, 1859. Very nice. Meanwhile, Joseph was receiving more and more orders, producing an increasing number of fine instruments. Hmm. Um, So he built an organ for Kingston. He built one for St. Jerome in 1861. He's he's killing it. He's just killing it. He's prolific. Also, I think if you're working alone, like, and without really much modern industrialization yeah building an organ has to take a long time and he is running the organ game yeah i think he's everything yeah he's a partner but like is he is cassavet organs organs. in 1866 joseph who following the custom of the time considered himself old at the early age of 59 (laughs) yeah so 59 he's like i'm gonna retire but also that's not that like that's kind of normal retirement 60 yeah by his retirement, he had created 17 pipe organs. Wow. Which is also interesting because it's like, 
that by modern standards is not a high level of production. But when you're one guy. When you're one guy and it's like a pipe organ. I would say that like a pipe organ takes like at least a year. Has to, yeah. With I think like, the big ones that he's making, like sometimes there's the like a that, six year gap. Well, the ones that he's building in the churches. Yeah, and I think he has to go and like live there to make like, them. That's a big deal. Like it took a year to put the organ in the church in Lunenburg. After Which I believe down. is a cassavar. Yeah, it is. It there's, is. So there's so, a Cassavar in Lunenburg. There's two in Halifax. Yeah, it's at and the there's one other Church in the province. In Lunenburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's beautiful. Beautiful organ. So Joseph passed over his establishment to his assistant, but it was agreed upon that once his sons were of age, they would take over the business. Right. So it's essentially this like agreement that once Clave and Samuel had gone through their apprenticeship, they would take over the business entirely. Right. So Joseph Cassavant's two sons, Clave and Samuel, grew up observing their father's love of the craft of organ building. They worked alongside his assistant, but it was soon apparent that if they wanted to follow their father's career and perfect their art, they would need to acquire a wider knowledge and more experience. Mm-hmm. So in 1878, Clave left for France, and a few years later, uh, Samuel follows him. Oh, so nice. younger brothers following in his footsteps. Going to learn about the organs. Clave worked for John Abbey in Versailles, and both he and Samuel spent time with Calve Cole. So, big names in the organ world. Big names. I want, like, baseball cards for these guys. Yeah, it's like the Wayne Gretzky of organ making. (laughs) The Wayne Gretzky of organ making. (laughs) The Casavant brothers traveled extensively in Europe, visiting various builders and significant organs in France, Italy, Switzerland, Germany, Berlin and England. Oh my gosh, so well traveled. Yeah, and then they just come on back to Saint Yesinth. Like, <laughs> to go back to Canada, which isn't Canada. Which is it's now Canada. Oh, We're in the 70s. Right, right, right. We're now Canada. We like breeze through Confederation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> skipped over that. So in 1879 they return and they establish themselves as Casavant Frères, so Casavant oh, cool. Brothers. They yeah. have a company now. On the site where the present workshop still stands. Oh wow. Yeah. That's very cool. Their first announcement stated, quote, we are capable of building instruments boasting the most recent innovations such as concave pedal board, balanced expression pedal, keyboard improvements, etc. End quote. Et <laughs> you know, we got it all. We got it all. You want, you want pedals? Got you. You want pipes? We got it. We have it all. Ha ha. We got it. Yeah. Their first organ, completed in 1880, was a two-manual organ with 13 stops installed at Chapelle Notre-Dame-de-Lourdes in uh, Montreal. Wow. Clave was 24 years old and Samuel was 20. Mm -hmm. So, young guys building organs. But I feel like once you have two people, you can, like, roll this out a little faster. Especially if you've been, literally, that's who you've been working with your whole life. Whole life, life, yeah. (laughs) Further contracts followed at a rate of about two or three a year. Their first... Three manual instrument named Opus 8 was a 38-stop organ installed in St. Yacinth Cathedral in 1885. Wow, 38 stops. That's a big boy. Big boy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the stops are like the buttons yeah. that you push and punch. And I it's always a mystery to me when I would like go to church and like our organist would sit down and she's like, do 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 I'm like, oh wow. Like yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't even know where to begin. It kind of no. looks almost like a um with old like telephones you'd have yeah, to like yeah, yeah. punch in the, yeah. the cords yeah yeah like that at the operating stations yeah exactly so it featured the first successful adjustable capture combination action mechanism to be installed in an organ ever 
Whoa. Ever. That is big news. <laughs> I've never been more invested in organs in my entire life. Holy crap. <laughs> they are feats of technology, though. That is, oh, that is really interesting. Oh, it's cool. It's like science and art and technology yeah, and like engineering. Blend. It is. It blends yeah. a lot of different aspects. Because music is, music is math. Did you know that? I, music is math. I did know that. And I know that if you are like a mathematic thinker, like you're if better you're, at music. you're better at music. Yeah. yeah. Which... Uh, you know, this isn't a math podcast. No, nope, it's not. We try to do music. Yeah. We're, maybe this is our like foray into math. Um, I don't know if we'll ever be, get there. That's going to be a no for me. That's going to be a, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to take a pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the instrument that firmly established Casavant Frères as an internationally recognized or- organ building company was a four manual mechanical action with 82 stops that was completed in 1891 for the church of notre dame in montreal so that's like the yeah. big cathedral in montreal and it's still there it's i've beautiful. seen it yeah i've and seen it they like light it up with these like blue stage lights yeah it's very intimidating it's a it's a spectacle catholics are not subtle nope it's like oh they're kind of it's like kind of like the drag queen of churches <laughs> In some ways, it's just yeah. like, how big and how flamboyant can we get this? Yeah, how, like, lights, yes. Fireworks, <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Like, throw some candles on top and get some kids to sing in front of it. Like, the, you know, the advice, like, take one thing off at the door. Like, yeah. take one accessory off at the door. Catholics add Catholics one. add, like, 25. Yeah. <laughs> 25 yeah. sacraments. Yeah. <laughs> So this instrument, which celebrated its centennial in 1991, included adjustable combinations and speaking pipes of 32-foot-long facades. So it's like 32 feet high. Bonkers. For one instrument. Yeah. Anyways, that's crazy to me. That's big. (laughs) I wouldn't want to jump from the top of that, that's for sure. Nope. I mean that's good to hear. No, th- are you okay? <laughs> are you? We'll we'll talk after the podcast. We'll talk after the podcast. <laughs> These organs all were installed in Quebec and soon were followed by other orders throughout Canada, and then they started building organs in the United States. Wow! During their career, breaking the market, just <laughs> they're entering this foray. You know, they're Pretty killing cool. it, crushing it. During their career, the brothers received much recognition for their work, including being awarded the Grand Prix at the International Exhibition held in Antwerp, Belgium in 1930. The Grand Prix. The Grand Prix of organs. (laughs) This is the fastest (laughs) organ we've ever seen. (laughs) Formula One organs. (laughs) Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Organ races. (laughs) It's like, I I would love to see the combination of Formula One and organ. Yeah. Building slash playing. So I want it like, so you got a Formula One car. Oh, like You hook up the organ to the back. Yeah. No, but no, no, no. I'm imagining it like the, like a thousand miles by Vanessa Carlton when she's like on the organ (laughs) riding through town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm picturing. Downtown. Yeah. But it's like a hundred kilometers an hour. Yeah, and she's just like riding this piano. That's, (laughs) (laughs) but it's just so fast. Yeah. Uh, Man, and they gotta build the organ, and it's thirty-two feet tall. <laughs> oh, God, it's like a rocket ship. Oh my gosh! The bigger, the better. The faster, <laughs> yeah. Fast and Furious organ edition. Yeah. <laughs> Get Vin Diesel in here. Fast and Furious organs you- and organ. <laughs> <laughs> That's so dumb. That's so stupid. <laughs> it's a spinoff for sure. <laughs> So, in addition 
to numerous <laughs> Fast and Furious hit us up for our ideas. Vin Diesel, where are you at? You thought you saw Vin Diesel yesterday. I, Side not, note. Not yesterday, day before. The day before, sorry. Yeah, I'm walking around Halifax, and I said, I was like prefacing this to Grace, and I was like, I know it's not. Had I not been in Halifax, in like Nova Scotia, Canada, <laughs> like in a random off season during COVID 19 pandemic, <laughs> like it's it's definitely not him, but I saw this guy, and I was so sure. That <laughs> was like, positive. And he had sunglasses on. Vin Diesel wears sunglasses. I'm like, <laughs> it was uncanny. You know, like, no one else does. Is that uh, oh man okay okay <laughs> so in addition to the numerous fine organs on the north american continent they began installing others in france the west indies south and central america zimbabwe and japan whoa yeah they're like inter- international brothers i love it <laughs> <laughs> they Zim- would totally have a reality show today oh yeah yeah like oh, organs yeah. they're like those real estate brothers those real oh, estate twins. bros. Yeah. yeah. They'd be organ yeah. bros. Yeah. Brogans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when Mark's going to cancel this podcast, but I've got to, like, I feel it coming. <laughs> <laughs> so the large archives preserved by the company contain letters and testimonials from famous organists and visitors, like famous organists were often photoed. Uh, photographed in the studio with the cast of Ant Brothers. That's pretty cool. Unlike a big freaking deal. They're like, <laughs> they're big wheels down at the cracker factory, <laughs> but like the organ factory. Yeah. It is one of those things of like, okay, so would you rather be like a general B-list celebrity? So like you're just right. kind of generally known by everyone. Like those property brothers. Like the property brothers. Or would you rather be super, super, super famous in this very niche market because then like to some people you're jesus christ (laughs) but to everyone else you're just like a dude you're just like a dude yeah um hmm, i don't know because i don't i think i'd rather be really famous in a very niche way i also agree because i you know i love to be worshipped but not all the time. <laughs> but not but also, all the I want to get a coffee. Yeah, I want to be able to get a coffee. But I also want, you know, it's. I honestly feel like it's how I felt being with Spencer and Hunter yesterday. I was like, <laughs> you guys so nice think we're really cool. Oh, that's silly. That's so silly. But but say it again, please. Yeah, you please, know, don't stop. <laughs> don't stop. Also, I feel like B-list celebrity is kind of the worst because, like, everyone vaguely knows you but probably doesn't know you for anything specific. So, like, people would come and, like, take pictures with you, which would kind of throw off your day, but also not with the kind of added reward of, like, oh, this person, like, really cherishes what I do and that makes me feel appreciated. It's one of those B-lists. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think, like... There's like one organist in a room of a hundred people, and Samuel and Clave come in, and he's like, and they're like, dead, faints, whoa, passes out, whoa, yeah, yeah. So unlike other firms that relied on the direction of only one individual, Samuel and Clave were partners who worked together with their individual interests and talents, complementing one another. Very cool. As their reputation and business grew, they added other dedicated individuals who would function as part of a strong team. In this way, they could assure continuity in the event of illness or misfortune, as well as enable the the company which they founded and loved to continue long after them. Hmm. So during the last decade of the Cassavant brothers' work, they brought into the firm a young Englishman by the name of Stephen Stutt. Stutt was a well-trained craftsman who had an intense interest in organ building. 
you get into organizing? Yeah, I was just going like, to say. Have Joseph, who is like, seems like he was just a savant, but. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> like was doing the, he was doing blacksmith and then he decided to go into like, you know, organ, organs kind of found him. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a good he way decided of to go into classical, like, it's like stuff, a blend of the then, two things that he loves. Yeah, but this kid apparently just loves organs. Gosh, have you ever been to a freaking <laughs> church? Have you seen those pipes? <laughs> oh my gosh. 32 feet high. 32 feet high. <laughs> he was inventive and responsible for many of the technical improvements attributed to the Casavant company, including an extraordinarily reliable key contact and track touch mechanism. This system has been in continuous use since 1918 and is widely appreciated by organists, and it's the hallmark of Cassavant playing action. Huh. So, you know, bring in some new, but then, you know, you keep the old as well. Nice. Carry that forward. Stephen Soot was an accomplished organist who first finished instruments during the, his tenure with the Cassavant brothers, later succeeding Clave after his death. So wow. Stutt becomes like the dude after Clave passes away. But it's still under their name. It's still Cassavant brothers right. as the company name, yeah. Because I think by that point it has an international reputation. Exactly. Mr. Stutt's background and training gave him an appreciation and knowledge of design based on European traditions. Perhaps the best example of this is his 84-stop organ at the Church of Saint-Roch in Quebec, finished mm. in 1843. With its complete and well-developed choruses through the mixtures of each division, independent pedal, and enclosed positive, it was a radical departure from organs built at that time and qualifies as one of the earliest examples of the organ reform movement ideals in an organ in North America. It's a fucking rad organ, guys. <laughs> the like, organ? What? The, what did you call that? Say that again. A radical departure for organs built at that time. And it qualifies the organ as a reform yeah, movement ideal organ. A reform movement ideal organ. Because, you know, yeah, organs went through some reform. An They're RMIO. Like, guys, yeah. As it's known in the organ community, <laughs> as you and I are both very familiar with. Those, oh, that's an RMIO. Ooh, Ooh indeed. Indeed it is. Sips tea. <laughs> so ever since the beginnings of the company, there has been a desire to incorporate new developments and test new ideas and concepts, constantly adopting and improving Cassavant organs. Following yes. World War II, there was a revived interest in organs from the 17th and 18th century, oh. and Cassavant moved towards establishing an approach to organ building based on classical principles of design um, that was foreshadowed by the Saint Rock instrument. So the Cassavant mantra is, yeah, like keep what's good about the old, mm -hmm. and but always be trying to innovate and make organ a more approachable instrument, which. It is the most intimidating instrument, I think. Yeah. Like, I mean, as a piano player, I think that's probably your best translation. And even I sit down on an organ, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> How do I take full advantage of this instrument? I have no idea. No idea. So, Casavar Organ is still a thriving organ company, which I feel like you can't say about a lot of organ companies. It feels like there's a small market. Yeah. Especially now with, I feel like, the decline of churches in general. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the market for organs. Yeah. So what do you do? Actually, I think there's a Casavant organ at Acadia University, because that's the other main market, is academic institutions. Right. right. Um, so... Well, especially because Acadia University has a divinity college. 
Oh, true. true it true, makes true. it makes sense that it would be there because there's a big music program and a big divinity program, and the church on Acadia campus, I will say, is is quite beautiful. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been in it, but no. uh, it's like all kind of white marble. It's oh, really wow. pretty. That's it's pretty. the inside is is quite beautiful. A lot of people get married there. Oh, okay. um, and I get why because like it's alumni just, or just anyone um alumni and people from the valley just okay. like people from from the, they do a public service um oh, okay the church at Acadia on Sundays That's so nice. like if you live yeah yeah people do um it's a very small congregation but it's really nice it's nice pretty love it while the majority of the organs built today by Cassavant are two and three manual instruments for installation in churches and academic institutions, the firm gets commissioned every year to design and build new organs for projects of international stature in concert halls and large churches. Wow. Bigger the better, baby. <laughs> in addition, there are a number of projects for restoring and providing additions or modifications to Cassavant art organs of all vintages where particular attention is paid to enhancing the musical aspects while respecting the original design. It's pretty cool. So that's the other thing. If you have a Cassavant organ, you can like hire Cassavant to come back and yeah. they'll like fix it all up for you. Yeah, that's a pretty nice. Which feature. is cool. Yeah. yeah. And I think that is the nice thing about organs and pianos. Like tradition is really important yes. to them and longevity. Mm -hmm. So they're an investment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My sure. idea of success is owning a baby grand piano yeah like if i could have a house that could a fit a baby grand but also i have yeah. one i just want to point mm. out like the way to a woman's heart like mona parsons yes pianos like uh in little women you've never like oh no but i know you know yeah. so yeah he like the the man across the street Lori's Lori, uncle right he like gets her uh, her own piano, piano the youngest sister oh. and it's just it's just it's such a moment in oh. in the in the book pride and prejudice yeah uh darcy gets his sister yep. not in a romantic love way no, but, in but like in a, a, i care and love about in you an i care gesture yeah, yeah. you know it's if her you wanna if you want to keep a, a lady, piano forte <laughs> yeah if you want to keep a lady buy her a goddamn Give piano, a piano. Ugh. oh my heart yeah and it's so funny because i remember speaking with one of my professors from ontario where you know like to get an antique piano thousands of dollars yeah. in toronto and he's like i go on kijiji in Cape Breton and it's like everyone is just selling them for free well, but you just got to move them which is expensive which so like is my expensive. mom's same deal like a beautiful piano was owned by a family forever in Lunenburg mm -hmm. they were selling it and they weren't selling it they were giving it away my mom had like a music teacher look at it and a right. piano guy look right. at it and it was great condition but they live two streets over from us in Lunenburg. <laughs> two streets over. If you cut down all the trees and tore down one house, they'd be our direct across the street neighbors. <laughs> and it was like $700. To get it moved. To move Jeez. this piano. Because you can't move a freaking piano by yourself. No. No, yeah. no, no. And I will say, I won't drop any names, but the movers who moved it, a professional moving company, tore Nothing. up my mom's front like hall, like the, oh, the wood. No. Yeah, like the hardwood. That's not good. So she was pretty unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. Nova Scotia has a surplus of pianos. Yeah. <laughs> so during their lifetime, the brothers Cassavant established the finest traditions of craftsmanship among their artisans and a strong organization to carry on those traditions after them. Mm -hmm. Cassavant Frères continues to stand for the artistic integrity and painstaking care which the Cassavant brothers cherished and fostered. Yeah. yeah. And that's the story of Joseph Cassavant and Cassavant organs and that was 
was a fun one. That was it's a good one. Well, it's a little buckshot. We yeah. were all over the place with organs, but, but you know, I, I respect them a yeah. lot more. Yeah. It's <laughs> you a can lot of work. still buy a Cassavant organ today. You sure can. You can go see one in Lunenburg or Halifax or yeah. Montreal. They have like a whole catalog of like where yeah. their organs are. Which so is can, also pretty cool. And yeah. it really is a piece of art. It's a piece of art and yeah. engineering and it's very cool. It's like customized. Yeah. They're all bespoke. Yes. So. Yeah, really cool. Very cool. Well, thanks. No problem. That I was love fun. Organs. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, again, we want to give a huge shout out to the boys yesterday for having us on their podcast, North of Normal. Go check it out, please. Uh, North of Normal podcast on Instagram and Facebook and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, again, we always love it if you can give us a follow on our social media channels. On Instagram, we're at Minute Women Podcast. And we're the same on Facebook. And then on Twitter, we're at The Minute Women. We also have a great website that has our full episode catalog. And that's at www.minutewomenpodcast.ca. And it's also great if you can leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Yes. That's like a huge support to us. So please, please go give us a five-star review, please. even if you don't feel like it. Yeah. Do it. Is, it only takes a minute. This is key. This is important. We really yeah. need some people to go on Apple Podcasts and give us yeah. some reviews. We'd really appreciate really, it. Really, really big support We'll to give us. you a shout-out. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? Why not? And it's really important now more than ever. That you're on our Instagram and our Twitter and our website because we have so many big things coming up. We have big things coming in season two. I know. We're like, not to like give anything away. Yeah. But we're talking like more guests on the podcast. Mm -hmm. We're thinking some merch ideas, some live shows, some potential video podcasts. Yes. You can actually see us talk and fluster through this Which, whole podcast you know they do say that video killed the radio star so <laughs> we're gonna become youtube stars we're gonna be sensations <laughs> sensational uh, but yeah we've got some exciting stuff coming so stay tuned and uh, keep up to date with us and again we love to hear from you so yeah. please shoot us a message slide into those dms <laughs> um, it makes our day we we went and got a beer yesterday and we saw someone who was like shouted us out in their story and we were just like oh my gosh and we cried a little we cried a little bit anyways yeah, yeah. okay bye guys bye